You're listening to the Great Recruiter Training Podcast, hosted by industry expert, trainer, and motivator, Scott Love. Hi, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to listen to Dr. Ken Christian, my own personal coach and a very close friend, talk about what it takes to be truly successful as a recruiter. And that's all we're going to hear from today because I think that Ken has so much rich content. Stay tuned. Listen to the whole thing because you'll be invited to attend a special event. And if you're interested in that, email me, scott at scottlove.com. What I'm thinking of doing is hosting a full-day seminar with Ken and I later this fall in 2015 in Las Vegas, probably in early September, really talking about the performance of recruiters, the psychological aspect of how recruiters can break through their self-imposed limitations, push past their fears and hesitations and their limits and reach their full potential. If you're interested, send me an email. We'll put you on the list. If we do this, we'll certainly let you know about that. And we'll hear from Dr. Ken Christian right after a word from our sponsor, RecruiterVT.com. If you own or manage a recruiting firm, do you ever get tired of training the revolving door of recruiters? Are you disappointed with the performance results of your team? Do you wish your recruiters could finally develop consistent and higher levels of production? Then delegate your training to Scott Love. Through his multi-million dollar interactive online training platform, he can show your recruiters how to close more deals in less time with higher fees. Visit RecruiterVT.com for a free demo today. I've got with me on the line Dr. Ken Christian, who is an expert in peak performance. Uh, Ken is my coach. I've hired Ken to help me break through my limiting beliefs and my other self-imposed barriers. I've introduced Ken to the recruiting industry. He's spoken at industry conferences. And I will tell you this, people love him. They love his content. Why is that? Not just because he's a good guy. He is a good guy. But he also gives recruiters specific ways that they can break through their limitations and reach their full potential. Ken, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. It's always a pleasure, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is interesting. I know I've had you here before, and people have even asked me, when am I going to have you back? People within <laughs> our industry love you. And <laughs> That's I, cool. And, oh, I'm serious. And, uh, and I think it's, it's because, one, you're a good guy, and two, recruiting is a performance business. I remember when I read your book, Your Own Worst Enemy. Do you remember the first thing I told you about that? Yes, I do. I remember it well. It was startling. My mouth dropped. Yeah, I said, this is the best sales book I've ever read. And, and you said, what are you talking about? And I said, because this really has solved all of my problems in sales. Right. You know, I turned into JoJo the Idiot Circus Boy and sabotaged my sales. And, and through your book, I saw that there are certain patterns that I had that I did not even know that I had. And it gave me ways that I could overcome those. And for that, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. And so I know today you wanted to talk about disrupting stale patterns and the transformational renewal of true fresh start. So, so let me ask you in terms of definitions, what do those things actually mean? You know, um, people don't realize that if they get up every day and they've made the, a, a promise to themselves that they're going to change. Today's the day I'm going to make all my calls. I'm going to do them in the morning. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. But they sit down to the same desk, the same pile of papers. They get up at the same time, and they don't realize that every single one of those aspects of their morning 
is a cue, like a built-in psychological beep to them to behave in a particular way. There is a hypnotic quality to our surroundings or anything else we're used to that makes us go on autopilot. And when we're on autopilot, we default to what all that swarm, the thousands of signals we're getting from the time of day, from the look of our desk, from where we're sitting, and all that stuff is setting in motion patterns that are always going to win because they're so entrenched over your big new promise to yourself. Mm. It is not about promises that change happens. It's about disrupting old patterns in a way that will literally carry you along to new experiences. So I've been working with people who either or do either of these things or do both. They change something significant about their actual workspace, where they sit down to. And I mean significant. They turn it around, they change the furniture, they sit down to something in their environment that signals that was then, this is now. And that's a message you can create in that way alone. But the other thing you can do is turn your schedule upside down. And what do you mean by that exactly? Go ahead, Scott. Ask away. What do you you mean by turning your schedule upside down? I know I've had clients with my nudging, but some people have come up come up with it on their own. I'm going to tell you about a couple. They ran a business very, very successfully. It exhausted them every single day. These people had literary interests, musical interests, and whatever, and they were shipping out packages all day, and they had a huge staff. Now, get this. They were coming home after a nine, ten hour day, exhausted. They didn't feel like reading. They didn't feel like, they felt like burnt toast. They didn't feel like Look, looking at anything that was of interest or music or film or art or anything. So on, you know, I said, you got to change this pattern. They came up with the idea of getting up, literally, Scott, check this out, getting up at 3 a.m. and doing all the yum stuff that they wanted to do because they knew it was exhausting to do the work, but it didn't take a lot of brain power. It didn't take their bandwidth terribly much. When they did that, everything changed. Every single thing. Their business did better than it had done before because they were happier. They were doing the things they really wanted to do. But it's all the signals they were getting. I don't know if you know this research, Scott. There's very intriguing research about Vietnamese, uh, Vietnam War veterans. A lot of them became heroin addicts. Hmm. Because there was a big supply and the whole thing. Here's what's alarming. And these studies are only coming out now. It's like they didn't want to release this. A very small percentage of those people continued their habit. When they came back to a different environment that had entirely different signals, it wasn't that they went through some big kick to get out of it. It was just like the environment didn't support it. Doing the drug was automatic because of the surrounding they were in. So we can actually use that to our advantage. We can create new habits that can set us off on the right direction every day. Absolutely. That's the whole point. If you shift the environment alone and you actually start constructing habits that are useful, 
beneficial, the ones you already know, the ones you teach, then you're going to a much better chance of sustaining those. Now, there's lots of other things that goes into it. You have to really devote yourself to 90 days of very strict boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And it's great to have an accountability partner, to have a coach, to have somebody who's guiding you. I mean, people typically fail because they start big, but they don't even really understand the change process. And they don't understand that change takes a long time. Change doesn't get solidly locked in until 90 days. And a huge number of people will adopt some new plan or pattern, and they'll stick with it. Research shows they stick with it 10 weeks. At 10 weeks, if they're not where they want to be, they quit. All they needed was two more weeks, literally. Wow. You know, something that's helped me recently, because I know that I can find a distraction that will stay with me all day. If I have to come yep. in and do some admin things, in some ways I'm like, well, I might as well just forget about making calls because I'm going to get stuck. And, and what's interesting is that in my natural, normal state, I'm usually ready to start making calls around 4.30 every day. I mean, that's when I'm primed. That's when I'm warmed up. You know, what's the problem with that? I've only got an hour left of making a prime own <laughs> time, right? And so what I, what I try to do is I create a habit that forces me to do what I know I need to do, which is pick up the phone. So the very first thing I do before I do anything is I make a dial. I pick up the phone and I make a call. I don't reach this person. I leave a voicemail, but at least I've started my day the way I want to end my day. Something else I've done is, and usually this is interesting, like Fridays, you know, Friday, it's Friday, it's 10 o'clock. No one's mm -hmm. going to be in today. You know, mm -hmm. I deserve a day off. And mm -hmm. then I realize what I'm doing. I'm talking myself into making an impulse purchase. An impulse purchase is you never feel good about yourself when you buy that impulse purchase. Mm -hmm. And so what I do, I say, I'm going to give myself permission to take a day off. All I have to do is have one hour of intense phone time. And I'll even check out the matinee. Which one am I going to go see? Okay, it starts at 12 o'clock or 12.30, 1 o'clock. I'll go get some Indian food. I'll go watch my matinee. I'm going to enjoy my afternoon. All I have to do is spend one hour of intense telephone time. And so I pick up the phone. I start dialing, dialing. I got a guy. He's interested. He said it's okay for me to present his profile to my client. Next call, I'm going to call my client, present the candidate. Maybe we can meet him next week. Oh, and I got a referral. Oh, and they have another assignment. I know, I know exactly who fits that. Let me call him. So in the next 60 minutes, I've had four good conversations that have some real deal potential, and I don't feel like leaving. And so I'll bank the day. I'll say, okay, I'm going to bank this day off. I'm going to take it later on, later on so it's not an impulse purchase. Now I'm saving up my time to take mm -hmm. it a more appropriate time when I can mm -hmm. plan for it and mm -hmm. respect myself for that. Yeah. And so I try to, try to uh, create these gutter lanes like in bowling. You know, the ball goes in the gutter lane. <laughs> it's only going to go one direction. I create those in my life to force me to have good production. And then I claim those little victories. And those little victories build up over time. Yes. And those habits yes. build up over time. Yes. And in our business, and you've seen it on my training site, on every single page, it says that recruiting is a personal development opportunity disguised as a business. Yes. Because uh, from all the people I've coached, all the offices I've been in, I've been in over 120 different search firm offices. I've coached hundreds of people. I've met thousands of people. And every reason why someone's performance is not at its full potential can always be traced back 
to some sort of a character issue. It's never an issue of tactics. It's never an issue of good skills. It's always mm -hmm. an issue of character, self-esteem, discipline, fear, uh, sloppiness, laziness, all beliefs. those things which can be improved over time. Yeah, B beliefs that run you because to you they're not beliefs, they're your reality. We mistake beliefs for reality all the time and then they become our reality. And self-limiting beliefs are really, they're strong because they're reality. Even, and, and, yeah. and you've done a ton of work on yourself and even, even with the me book, and, and on your own. Even the book, The Breakout Book. I know people can't see it, but I'm holding it. I'm showing you on Skype. The Breakout, yeah. the Recruiter's Field Manual for Ultimate Performance. I still refer to this. I still go over uh, the questions that I did two years ago from the conference where you spoke at. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and if you ever want to offer this to the industry, I'm happy to promote it without any sort of commission because I believe that this can solve a lot of people's problems. Do you, do you still have copies of that, Ken, or PDFs or things that you could provide to recruiters? Yeah, you know, I have the, the paper copy, which is handy for carrying with you, but I, I have, uh, you know, if somebody buys the paper copy, I'll give them the download too so they can have both. Yeah, because we, we can, we can uh, and I'm not going to edit this out of the podcast, so if people are interested in what I'm talking about, let me describe it. It's called Breakout, the Recruiter's Field Manual for Ultimate Performance. And what Dr. Christian does, he goes into uh, what your past history has been in terms of success and performance and looking at what are the things that you want more out of? What do you think the issues are? You know, what are your top accomplishments? What are the common directions that you've gone in the past? Write examples of times when you've exhibited these behaviors. And so he really tries to dig deep and lock into what are your past successes? What are the things that you have a fear of changing, fear of staying the same? So really, this is a workshop in your head that you Yeah, I, I, I don't try to dig down. I, yeah. I dig down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's no try to it, man. And, it, uh, it's and I like, I go for it, and, and it, it's like, get ready. Because if you do this, it is not about one more thing you learn that makes you, because you put in some busy work, feel like you're taking care of things. This is about Terry taking right. care of things. Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and, and I know you're all over that because you and I talk about try and, yeah. and, and do, but um, <laughs> it's awesome what you're saying. And yeah, I'd be, I mean, the, the stuff is there and you, you are my brightest star, dude. I mean, you, you consume that and you got that from the beginning. And so when we have conversations, I have as much fun as, as you learn. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm glad, Ken. And I think... This goes back to what I believe true success in recruiting is all based on, and it's based on desire. There are several other trainers that I, I, I find them to be very engaging, and I love hearing them, but they have such raw, natural talent that I will never come close to. And I sit and I look at the people listening to them, and I, and I know that 99.9% .9 of the people in that room will never have this man's level of talent. But what I can do is pick apart why he's been successful and reverse engineer it in a paint-by-the-numbers approach and break mm -hmm. it down and give that to people and say, if you have average talent and you've got decent people skills, but you really want this thing, I mean, you just don't want anything to stand in your way, you can be wildly successful making six figures, seven figures in the business if you yeah. want it bad enough. Yeah. And giving people that formulaic, systemic model 
that's yep. replicable. And, you know, that's what, what's caused my training business to just explode. You know, you go well, to Google. I, that's what I was just going to say is your, your training business does that reverse engineering for people, tells yeah. them exactly how to do that. And that's what makes it a useful template. There are templates. We, we can't see our own blind spots. Yeah, We can't right. get past what hangs us up. So you know what I do. I come at what's going on inside you, what's your beliefs, and so on. But somebody to be a recruiter, there's a lot of technical skill. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. the ability to pull yourself out of a funk. I mean, this is the genius of, of the way you apply techniques. I mean, I don't know anybody quite like you in the way you apply techniques. But you take them and you build those gutters. I mean, you yeah. you you create you, – you look at some – exercise I've given and you go, wait a minute, I can, I can do that for recruiting and it's this, this and that and, and you do it better because you know all the technical stuff well, about you. recruiting that I don't know. Thanks, yeah. And, and it's, it's exciting. There's a large franchise that's interested in taking my recruiter VT and co-branding it because they understand the power of building systems. That's what franchises are built on. You know, yeah. a lot of search firms, they don't want to reinvent the wheel. You know, let's delegate yeah. the training to technology to recruiter VT, you know, to have Scott Love train their people. And I'm honored by that. Yeah. And, and I just say I'm just a regular guy that's figured out a better way to do the business and, and not just to do it, but to really make sure people own that. Uh, but that just kind of brings me back to what your energy adds a lot of value to is that you cause you help people break through those limiting beliefs. And everybody needs that. And, well, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's really true. I've got to say something, though. I, I, a major correction flag went up for me when you said you're an ordinary guy. <laughs> you do very ordinary things, but what makes you an extraordinary guy is your application of very ordinary things to solving problems that recruiters have, including your own. And yeah. you are a, like, uh, there is nobody. The <laughs> last two years, I am well aware of what you've been doing in your career. We've had conversations. You are exploding and, and going in entirely new directions. And you, the beauty of, of what you do is you are always learning. You don't attack yourself. You say, whoa, I need to learn from that. And well, you immediately apply it. You're systematic in that way. Well, I remember you and I had a call about four or five years ago. And a lot of it comes from that one conversation that we had. And that's why if anybody is listening is thinking of hiring a Ken as a coach, I'd highly recommend that. Um, and, and one of the things you said was uh, looking at what's failure all about. It's just feedback. And, you know, and taking that and then looking at Thomas Edison's concepts of failure, it's just information. They're data points that mm -hmm. get you closer to your goal. You know, C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite quotes with him is that failures are finger posts on the highway to success. Mm -hmm. you know, and and, what's, and what, when you and I talked about what is the association that you have with failure, and, and in my world... I don't fail at anything. I have just found one more way not to close a deal. And mm -hmm. even one of the free tools on my website, you know, people that are listening, go to my site, go to the freebies page. There's a free tool called the deal autopsy sheet where you can, <laughs> you can, you can, take a, you can pick apart a deal and make money over a deal that fell apart by integrating those things that you learn into your standard operating procedures and do that as a group. Bond your team together. Hey, you had a deal fall apart. Well, let's pick it apart and let's find out what not to do next time and what we need to improve on next time. And um, 
So that a lot so, of that. So you, Scott. That is so you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so. And you're generous. I mean, that's great that you give Thank away you. so much stuff. Thank that's you. valuable. Well, I think resilience is a big part of it. And one of the things that I teach people that is, as soon as a deal falls apart, you need to ask yourself, how can I still make money off this? And if you're not asking that, you're missing out on what the business is truly all about. Because it's not about the placements. It's about the growth of your character. That's the real treasure that you get. And the irony is that when that's your treasure, you're going to make more money. And it's not about the business. It is, but it's not. But it is, but it's not. But it is, but it's not. I mean, we could go on and on and on, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, and then when you take your billing, you give a tenth of that to your house of worship, whatever that means to you or something that's important to you, you're not attached to it anymore. And it doesn't own you anymore. And it frees you up. And then you can start working on higher level searches. And then you have higher level soul readers, you know, CEOs, chairman of big organizations that are attracted to you, you know, and, and it goes on and it keeps building and keeps building yes. and keeps building. The one thing I will see though, I see though, is that people stop. They stop. Oh, I don't want to invest in that. That costs too much money. You know, mm -hmm. well, do you have cable? Yes. Well, there you go. It's not an issue of the money. It's an issue of your priorities. And most mm -hmm. people are not ready. I don't think that they're teachable enough. You know, they're, they're just not ready to take that leap and to push past those fears. And, and let me ask you this, you know, how do you think that concepts of, of fresh starts, you know, that you mentioned, how do you think that could help someone like that? Someone that's just kind of stuck and they're not ready to go forward. Well, if they, they're really stuck, I mean, pathologically stuck, they're used to being stuck and they're, they're not as likely to think they really can and then their money situation isn't good and they use that as a reason and an obstacle. If people have not systematically invested in their own education and their own development and what they've done is jumped into recruiting or anything else because it's quick and easy to start, then, you know, if you don't see the, the long bridge you have to build education-wise and in terms of who you are, I mean, recruiting is a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's literally a rush and ups and downs, and then you got to climb all over again, and you got that big paycheck or small, whatever it was. But it's just you have to be prepared to deal with that battering because it is not all easy. Yeah, you're right. And, and it's funny when people, they think they understand that concept, but I ask them, what's your interview to placement ratio? Well, five to one. For every five interviews we set up, one deal is going to result in a placement. Well, I tell them then that means that 80% of what you're working on is going to fall apart. And they kind of look at each other and like, yeah, you're right. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. You know, so that's why people need to understand resilience. You know, how do yeah. you pick yourself up uh, and have that fresh start every day? Mm -hmm. And um, so, so, Ken, you've got, you've got some amazing resources I know that you've gone through some rebranding and some refocusing. How do you think you could help a recruiter reach their full potential? What are some of the offerings and resources that you have? Well, I, I have a, a workbook. It's a field manual that I created, and mm -hmm. it's specifically for recruiters. Mm -hmm. It is not about recruitment techniques. Right. It's about learning how to get out of your own way and stopping the internal conversation you have every time you run into what you consider a personal failure instead of a learning experience or somebody who wasn't right for what you had to offer. It's, it, it goes inside and it's a deep drill into concepts that it's like there's no way 
you can escape enjoying the process of actually looking deep if you approach it with the right attitude instead of self-attack. Oh, right. shit, I do that. Oh, <laughs> man, you know, I do that. Instead, if you can balance and give yourself praise and start going, you can get somewhere. But this this book, I've had just rave reactions to it. I mean, I've exposed people to it just recently, and they said this was the single most important preparation I had done to really get yeah. going. And but, then that's, and that's when they're starting about, work right? with me. That's the book Pardon? I was talking about, the breakout book? The breakout book. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Breakout, the, the recruiter's uh, guide. <laughs> yeah, field manual for ultimate performance. Exactly. How can, how can someone order this? Well, you know what they can do is they can get to uh, my website and they will see, uh, my website is drkenchristian.com and you have to look a little, scroll down, and you'll see that there are some offerings and there are programs, but then there's product. And if you go in there, it'll show you how to do it. That's great. Okay, that's excellent. So it's drkenchristian.com, all one word, right? Yep. Excellent. And then what about, do you do one-on-one coaching still? I know you're pretty busy and you've got other other coaching I, programs. I do almost no one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. anymore, only because... Working with groups, small groups together, I can't get done what I can do in a group with somebody individually. What if there was like a search firm? They got 12 people. They went to work with you over the next six months or a year. Is that a good prospect for you? Oh, that is awesome. Okay. Because what, what they would do is I would take them in a group of 12 that's the size that's perfect. If they had a larger group, but they all knew each other, I could stretch it a little bit. Let's say it's a research, I mean, it's a search firm with 20. I could take 20 under that circumstance. But we would have a live event to start it where everybody gets in accord and gets in agreement. Boom, after that, follow up happens five days a week. Five days a week, you're reporting wow. to me. And you're reporting to everybody else in the group exactly what you did that day in relation to the specific goals you decide with me that are yours that you need to to work on. And I go into how people self-handicap, how people shoot themselves in the foot and self-sabotage, and how to get out of that. And it is get outable. It and in the three-day event, people already know that this is going to be the greatest thing and they already see big revelations and all that, that's like going to hear Zig Ziglar. It's great in the moment. And you'll remember something he said for the rest of your life. Mm. But this is a systematic process of moving your trajectory in a different angle than it's ever been before. And it takes 90 days. The research shows that 90 days is long enough for you to go south and it's long enough for you to go north. If you stay stuck for 90 days or longer, you have greatly amplified your opportunity to stay stuck forever. Right. Wow. You've got to take action. And you've got to invest in yourself. You know what? Here's another idea, Ken. I've been thinking about doing a fall conference just for current and past members of the coaching club. Oh, you know, what if you attended? You did like a half day with people. Is that something you'd be open to? I would definitely be open to it. Well, we'll and talk and about I that. would tell them... A half day with me is not going to change your life unless because it the change occurs by the persistent application of what you know. 
And that's what I'm so strong on now. We should do that because I remember I, I had you – I actually got your book to speak at one recruiting conference and people loved you. And, and unfortunately, uh, ironically, the larger conferences within our industry that have uh, – that charge the most don't have budgets and they don't pay professional speakers. And so uh, people like you would never get considered like that. They hire uh, very nice, well-intentioned amateurs that don't understand adult education. They're not published. You know, and, and um, so I, I don't speak at some of those conferences, and you would never get booked for that. Uh, so maybe we should do something this fall that just really focuses like a laser, a laser beam on recruiter performance. You know, we should, awesome. do, we should do something like that this fall. Awesome. And, uh, and if anybody's interested in getting on the list for that, just email me, scott at scottlove.com. And we'll probably have it in Las Vegas because that's where everybody wants to go. And that's how I finance my trips there. I see you can play. I know what you do. And, and my wife came out. We dropped the kid off. We dropped our little girl off at her grandparents' house. And she came out uh, when I had a conference there two weeks ago. And it's just a, such a blast. So that's going to be SOP, Standard Operating Procedures, from now on. So it was just a lot of fun. But yeah, uh, we'll no, definitely I will do that. Do that. That's an easy hop for me. You know that. Absolutely. Well, very good. I appreciate your time, your expertise, everything you've done for my search practice and what you've done for all the other people that have been following you for all these years, Ken. Thank you I so much. I appreciate what you do for recruiting. You're awesome. You're amazing. <laughs> and, and you are an endless source of new ideas. Well, and thank I, you, and I, you, you are the star person for, who grabs what I have to offer of all the clients I've had and just goes... Shoo, I can turn this into this. Yeah, it's rock solid. You've got rock solid content that, that helps recruiters build more. And that's what everybody wants. And, and the irony is that what the impediment to their full potential has nothing to do with the magic rebuttal script number 34. It has nothing to do with the tactic. It's, it's all up in their head. I always say the recruiting and golf are 90% mental and the other 10% is mental. It's all in your head. Right, right. I like that. I love that. That's one of your favorite lines, and That's I love right. it. Well, thank you, Ken. I appreciate your expertise and your friendship. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.